Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions, hosted by author, speaker, coach, and singer-songwriter Creelan Peters, also known as the Fear Whisperer. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, learned to embrace their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Hi, and welcome back to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions. I'm your host, Creelan Peters. Today, I'm welcoming Dr. Mikkel Harris. So let me tell you a little bit about her before I bring her on the line. Dr. Harris is a licensed psychologist, associate professor, international speaker, community advocate, and mentor in the Los Angeles area. Her specialty areas include health psychology, consultation, and grief and loss. She's finalizing a memoir focused on her grief journey following her mother's death in 2012. Aside from professional pursuits, Dr. Harris loves to travel and experience new cultures, sing, spend time with family, including her sweet beagle, and journal. She continually strives to get out of her own way and realizes that living a mindful and faith-centered life is the only way for healing, connection, and blessings to flow. Welcome, Mikkel, to the series. Thank you so much, Creelan. I I'm so thankful to be here. I really appreciate you taking the time out to have a conversation today. Yes, me too. And I love having conversations. You know this about me. Yes, I do. (laughs) We had a wonderful conversation before, so I really appreciate this. Yes, absolutely. And and as you know, this is unscripted. Our audience knows this is unscripted. Mm -hmm. So I just love to ask, you know, what you know, I, I know. I'm just reading the bio that um, I just read, and I'm already mm-hmm. seeing some similarities in our story. Mm-hmm. You know, but I want to hear kind of where you want to go. What what part of your uh, story do you want to you want to share today? You know what? So I think today I am going to focus on vulnerability mm-hmm. because that's an area that I can honestly say that probably up until about three four years ago was a huge struggle for me. I'm a recovering um, control freak. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) openness and vulnerability is something that I definitely struggled with, even though it's something that I shared with my clients and helped them to do. um, That was an area that, you know, I definitely needed to grow in and am still growing in day by day. Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, vulnerability, I think, is a huge piece of the work that we do as healers, um, Mm -hmm. for sure. And just, you know, reading what your specialties are, I would imagine there's a lot of room for vulnerability with grief and loss and Mm -hmm. and with all the – I know you also do a lot of work with children, and um, you've shared with me in previous conversations about your work with students. So um, it's, it's such a huge piece of healing. Absolutely. Yeah, I think vulnerability is something that, at least for me, it comes very unnaturally. Mm. Um, just something that I think rooted in, I grew up in a, in a household that was very, I would say strict in some ways. Um, I'm from Texas. Both of my parents were in the military. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there were a lot of um, rules and, and things in our household with freedoms as well. But I think that really shaped um, a perspective of kind of uh, a performance, almost a performance-based upbringing. And so I think that I grew up thinking um, I've got to perform, I've got to do well, and there's not really a space for me to share my feelings. 
but if I maintain a certain image, then that that's really what is going to be um, celebrated. Mm-hmm. And so again, I think that um, I didn't it didn't dawn on me that that was not really the best way to live my life until a few years ago. Yeah, and it's it's interesting how that 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 kind of perspective changes over time. I know, you know, work, my working with my own clients um, and also on my own stuff is there's there's some blind spots that happen younger in our lives, and I think that they're, they're there to protect us. Um, you know, when you say that's how we grew up, and and that that's what you knew, that's what you were exposed to, and that it was okay. And then when you get older and you get out of your parents' home, when you get some life experience, you start to go, huh? Well, maybe it doesn't have to be that way, and and you know, maybe there is a different way. And and I know for me, I started to realize some of the costs. Like you know, before things were protection, and now there's like these huge costs. Mm-hmm. Um, to to the way that I'm doing things. So is that kind of what happened with you, or how did how did you? There was something that happened three or four years ago. So just, yeah, yeah. Well, so what happened was um, my mom, as you mentioned, died in December 2012, and mm-hmm. I remember uh, in the months after her death, feeling really angry at mm-hmm. um, some of the friends that I had and the the family um, for not kind of reaching in and you know mm-hmm. in a way that. Not to say that they weren't, but I mm-hmm. guess at that point, just because you're so emotionally raw, feeling very isolated, but I was very angry that mm-hmm. um, you know people weren't providing the support in the way that I felt like I needed it. And I remember I had this very brave friend of mine who I, I've known for over 15 years now. She called me probably six months after my mom's death and um, you know, very timidly checked in, Mikel, are you okay? And I just unloaded on her all these months of buildup and frustration and and anger. Um, And thankfully, she was able to really take that. Mm -hmm. And when I was done, she said, okay, um, are you in a space to hear my perspective? Mm -hmm. And I was, for some reason, after all of that, I still was open to hearing what she had to say. Um, And one of the things that she shared was, Mikel, since the day that I've known you, you sh- you always show up and you look so put together. Mm-hmm. You um, are, you know, academically and career successful, um, socially outgoing and all of these things. Your faith is seems very grounded. Um, and yet when I talk to you and I ask if every do you need anything, the answer is always no, that you're mm-hmm. always the one kind of helping, yet you never receive help. And so um, she basically ended up saying that she didn't realize that I even needed help, and I was flabbergasted. Yeah. I thought, are you kidding me? My mom died. How can you not know? But to be honest with you, it was the, it was the first time that I was able to really sit back and reflect and say, you know what? I really don't allow a space for people to help me mm-hmm. because I am always the nurturer and the giver. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like the light bulb went off, and I realized I am not as open as I thought I was. So that was probably the beginning point where I realized that something needed to change in order for yeah. me to really have these deep relationships that I longed for. Oh, that's, I'm just resonating so much with your story here. I, you, you said that you were a, a recovering control freak, and I, <laughs> I say I'm a recovering workaholic, and I, I feel like sometimes, like I feel like I'm uh, succumbing to my addiction right now lately. But, <laughs> <laughs> yep. but there's, um, I, I've gotten the same feedback 
um, basically, mm-hmm. as, as you have. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, coincidentally or not, my mother passed away in 2012 as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember my reaching out to my friends and, and everything like that. So it, what you're saying is really resonating with me. But it's that I think, you know, we, we are so used to being there and to being the support and the, the, the really strong person for other people and, mm-hmm. you know, putting on that face. Um, and, and, and it's so hard for people to tell. I think, you know, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive. You think, you know, if you're a good good giver, you're also a good receiver, Mm -hmm. but that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the case. Yeah. In my case, it absolutely was not the case. I give so well, yet when the tables are turned and and friends and family are offering support, I'm thinking, no, I've got it handled. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's an old saying that you teach people how to treat you. Mm-hmm. And without me really realizing it, um, I was teaching people that I didn't really need the support. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I was left suffering in silence. But yeah. on my friend, from my friend's perspective, they thought I was doing well. Right. So that was really a pivotal moment uh, for me to kind of evaluate myself and say, how do I, what do I need at this point in my grief journey? Mm-hmm. And I know that I've got to be able to ask for help and not put on the face of being all put together. Mm-hmm. Which is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. So, um, so how how was that for you? It sounds like that was a really pivotal conversation where you were able to unload, like you said, to you know mm-hmm. kind of vent all your frustration, but then also that left a space for you to be able to receive something from her at that time. Mm-hmm. It was, and you know, grief, as you know, is incredibly unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And so it's really mm-hmm. interesting to me that I had that conversation. And yes, I kind of cognitively got it, but mm-hmm. emotionally and kind of dealing with it day by day, it was still difficult for me to kind of relax and let people really help. But what I, what I found is that I was in situations where grief was overwhelming me. Mm-hmm. And I can think of so many examples. Um, one comes to mind right now. I was teaching a class, and again, here I am as a professor teaching my students, and in the middle of a lecture, my emotions got the best of me, and I, I could not control. Tears were just welling up. Mm-hmm. The next thing I knew, I had to stop the class and go to the restroom for a moment to pull myself together. Mm-hmm. And when I um, left the restroom, I was greeted at the door by a student. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I could have said, no, I'm fine. For some reason, um, I made the decision, well, I don't even think I made a decision. I There was something about the moment that made me realize that I needed to just be okay with not being okay in that mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. and allow the student to provide some support. And that was huge for me because oh, what yeah. I realized is that the very, I think the fear, I think we all have this fear of if, if people really know me or they really see the hurt or they really see the pain, they're not going to be able to handle it or they're going to think I'm too much, it's going to be overwhelming, and so we tend to shy away from that. Mm-hmm. And what I realized in that moment was it's okay. What I have to offer in this moment in my in my vulnerability and in my brokenness was um, all I have is just to receive open arms, mm-hmm. and it was well received. Yeah. So as, as, as life went on, situations kept coming up where it was very similar and I would be overwhelmed in these strange situations. And the more that I allowed myself to just be comfortable with it and receive the support, 
it was always greeted with love and support. Mm-hmm. And so I think that has, that really helped me. Um, and now I feel like I'm much more available and open for asking for help when I need it. That's great. And it, it's, you know, vulnerability can be such a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, too, it can be like exactly like you said. Is you know, you, those, these thoughts go through our heads. Are they going to accept me? Are they going to be able to handle it? And then you know, I think of that too, and kind of reverse it a little bit. It's, it's almost like, am I going to be able to handle it? Am mm-hmm. I going to be able to hand the, handle someone else seeing me in the fullness of my pain, in mm-hmm. the fullness of my grief? Mm-hmm. And am I going to be able to handle it? I think mm-hmm. that we, you know, that's all kind of intertwined in there as you're talking, because I certainly completely understand that overwhelm of grief in some very odd situations mm-hmm. and and um and not so odd situations. I mean it it can be very um uh, I guess situationally appropriate but also yeah sometimes you just seeing a commercial or mm-hmm. hearing a song or just a memory comes um, and and it just can be very overwhelming, and it's I just I just want to honor you. I mean, my goodness, to be that vulnerable with a student, I would imagine, is a, a challenge or, or could have been a challenge for you. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think when you I think you bring up a really excellent point because I think if you've lived a life where it has been about um, kind of achievements and image. Part of part of the wrestle that you're struggling with is, you know, being able to manage. Am I going to be able to handle all the parts of myself? And so after my mom's death, it really was the first time that I was able to see the unraveled part of myself mm-hmm. fully, in in an uncontrollable way, an unpredictable way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm very thankful that that particular student was there at that specific time mm-hmm. to be able to offer that because what it did was open the door for subsequent interactions. Absolutely. And and it sounds like it kind of triggered this chain of events where, you know, like I think you said something about the more I was uncomfortable, the more comfortable I got with it. Mm -hmm. And it's it's that paradoxical kind of thing that I think is behind so much healing in Mm -hmm. so many different types of situations. And and I, I teach that kind of dichotomous thing to my clients as well where you have to hold the space for both and rather than either or. Mm-hmm. And um and it's what I love is that um as you said too being put together and I, I'm speaking from my experiences, you know, I can be very put together and I can be a teacher and a healer and I can still get stuck in my head and not in touch with my emotions because I'm only human. And so it's such a good reminder that it the i think the truest healing the most purest transformation comes when we can allow ourselves to be that vulnerable because i've seen the transformative power of that with my clients is when well, i can be more vulnerable yeah what's interesting is as i've interacted with friends and family um they've told me you know Mikel this is the beautiful part of you that i always knew was there that i always wanted to see I didn't know. I didn't realize there was a wall up, yeah, at all. But for them to be able to express, you know, that insight and say, mm-hmm. we always saw that we were waiting for this beautiful, flawed, complex person to show up. Mm-hmm. Thank you for allowing us to see that. I mean, how incredible is that? What and a gift! Ab- yeah, yeah, it's absolutely reinforced. And even being able to have the conversation with you today is uh-huh. a product of being okay with being vulnerable, despite 
what it is that people see of me or imagine who I am, mm-hmm. just being okay with admitting that, no, all the pieces may not be together, and that's perfectly okay. Um, right. In some ways, I think that life is designed to be that way, mm-hmm. you know, to not where we don't always have all the answers, where we're not exactly sure what the next step is, um, and, the, and the floor is a little bit uneven. Because mm-hmm. I think it forces us to constantly be in touch with ourselves and in touch with our faith and in touch with all of those inner parts of us mm-hmm. um, where our strength really does come from. So it's it's been a really amazing, really amazing journey. Oh, and it, it sounds like it. It sounds like that you've got such wonderful support. And how interesting that they said we always knew that was a part of you, and thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. You know, it's... Yep. It's just amazing that, you know, and I think we're all like that. We all have that face that we like to present, mm-hmm. and most of the time we're, we're successful at it, but sometimes we're not. Um, and then we have that part inside of us that's that's the real us, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, you know, sometimes we can give people a glimpse and see if it's going to work out okay, and then and the more success, and I put success in quotes because I guess it depends on what your definition is of success. I, I think mm-hmm. it's more the more vulnerable, the more we can let people see us, that's success, mm-hmm. you know, rather than, oh, we can be put together. Because we, we can all pull that off, right? <laughs> right. Well, and so, but then I, you think about this whole notion of the energy it takes to put on <sighs> an external face. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's been such a paradox to me and really amazing that it really takes less energy to just be you. And to say, you know what, today is a bad day. Or can you come over? I need a hug, whatever that mm-hmm. is, and just be honest about what's happening as opposed to all the energy it takes to, you know, to put on the face, to put on the clothes, to say the right words, to um, not be, quote, unquote, that person or that weak person. Um, too much energy. I'm mm-hmm. much more, I have, now that I'm in this space in life, I can devote the energy to other things. Um, as opposed to putting it on, you know, to save face. Right, right, absolutely. Oh, it's so beautiful. Mm, My goodness. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like just the word vulnerability (laughs) sparks so many different Mm -hmm. conversations about who we are and, and how we can show who we are to the world and know that not only they're going to be okay, but we're going to be okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the greatest um, gifts that we can offer is to offer our true selves. Mm-hmm. And as I, I share a lot about my grief journey in particular, and as I have been completely raw and honest, it's I can't tell you how many people have said, oh, I thought I was the only one. Thank yeah. you for being honest. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, again, it just fuels you know, this desire in me to really walk in my truth, mm-hmm. H- however ugly it may appear to other people or um, – you know, whatever, I think it's just important to be honest about it because that's what people really need to heal is the truths of ourselves, not the images of ourselves. Right. Yeah, there's so much out there that helps people put on that face. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we could have a little sidebar about media and about, you know, oh, yeah. what we're supposed to look like. I mean, there's so much out there. Um, but even, you know, in our profession, um, in, in in self-help and in psychology and in the healing professions, there there's still a lot of how to present your best foot, how to, you know, do, but but I think that that you you hit it right there is that 
it, it's so difficult, at least in my experience, to fully heal unless I can, you know, basically turn myself inside out <laughs> and and wear the inside out and really take a look at that, really feel through it, really experience everything I need. But then there's that other step of of being able to ask for support, and then the next step is being able to receive support. Mm-hmm. And those are all like... Oh, you know, it's different and yet all related. All related, yeah. I, I sat down with a client not too long ago, and we were talking about just this journey of self-discovery that it's a lifelong process and, mm-hmm. you know, the challenge of being able to take the next step but not necessarily know exactly where that step is leading. I mean, mm-hmm. we have notions about where we want to go, but the reality is we don't exactly know how life's going to turn out. Um, there's many twists and turns. Yeah. And so I think a huge part of vulnerability and openness is saying, you know what, I'm in this unknown, uncharted territory, mm-hmm. and being okay to sit with that. Mm-hmm. Because what, ends up ha- what we think is going to happen is that we're not going to make it, that we're hmm. going to be overwhelmed yeah. and inconsolable. But the reality is if we sit with it long enough, we actually come to a place where we can appreciate and have the time to really explore all those inner parts of ourselves, and mm-hmm. which makes us more available to other people and much more honest about who and where we are. So mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely incredible. I, I can I I don't feel like I'm the same person as I was three years ago at all, and I'm yeah. thankful for that. I'm thankful right. for that. <laughs> oh, and there's there's so much transformation to be had, and mm-hmm. and um. Oh, I just lost my thought. Something just came up when you were when you were talking, and I and I lost it. So hopefully I'll remember. But it was, you know, along the lines of us, you know, being on this journey uh, together and being able to um, really experience everything that we came here to experience, and, and that unknown piece too. There was something mm-hmm. there. So uh, if I catch it, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It happens to me all the time. Yes, so me don't, too. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not worried. It's meant to happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I like what you said about being able to sit with the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something very powerful about that and, and, and being able to just be able to trust that whatever happens is going to happen. Because as, as a recovering workaholic, I know that, you know, when you try and plan out everything and, and – um, to plan for every scenario, mm-hmm. and like you said, that can take so much energy. Mm-hmm. But when you can sit back and just be fully present, and I know that's where a lot of your mindfulness work comes in as well, yep. um, it, it, it's just a gift to be able to go, huh, that's interesting, and then mm-hmm. move forward from there. One of the things I've thought a lot about um, for my mom's diagnosis to her death was 30 days. Mm. And one of the things that I... Um, you know, asked God was, wow, why so fast? Mm-hmm. And I and I don't know the answer to that. Um, mm-hmm. But what I do know is that for me, that was a beautiful wake up call for me mm-hmm. to know that life literally can shift in a moment, and life truly is uncertain. Mm-hmm. I think you know, leading up to her death, I had lived a life that was very planned, very controlled. You know, A then B then C and so forth. And, um, you know, to have something occur, you know, completely out of nowhere and then within a month for life to be completely different, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that that experience, uh, it was perfectly designed for me um, as a way to say, 
no, you don't have control. No, you cannot plan this out. Mm-hmm. And even though you think um, that you know what the next is going to be, you don't. And then my mom was gone. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, it really was a huge wake-up call for me. And, you know, I credit God, I credit my mom in some ways just for, I don't know, I, I just think that everything's designed with us in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that what it did was bring out this reality of surrender and being vulnerable and being okay with that. Uh, it's been a beautiful gift for me. Much oh, needed. yeah. And it's what, what I, pardon me? I'm much more relaxed these much days. Much more relaxed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's what I love is that you can see the gifts in it. You know, there's so many times where it, it can be, I don't even want to say easy, but it can be our, our nature to ask why. Mm-hmm. Why me? Why did this happen? Why her? You know, and, and to sit with that anger and to not be able to let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like you had a transformative experience with being able to express your anger, mm-hmm. and um, and it led to some wonderful things. I mean, I I love when we can see the lessons and the gifts in the challenges that we have. I think it it, it makes us stronger. And 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 I'm not saying that it's not good to feel that anger. It's absolutely perfect to to feel the anger, and we need to be able to express whatever we're feeling. And if it's anger or guilt or shame or fear or whatever it is, it's so important. But once we are able to express that and release that, it's just so amazing what can come next. Absolutely agree. Absolutely transformative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just I, I love your story. I think it's it's yeah. wonderful <laughs> how you, you were know, able to move through that. Yeah, no, I think, and again, this is um, two and a half years into this journey, and yeah. it's, it's a day-by-day experience. And But I know one thing. I know that my mom would be so proud. One of the last things that she told me before she died was this about being open. That was mm-hmm. one of her desires for me was mm-hmm. to allow a space of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's incredibly ironic, but I know that she's in heaven, you know, smiling because I this is exactly what she asked that I reach the point that I reach in my life, mm-hmm. so that other things would be you know drawn to me and you know doors would be open to me as I allow myself to be vulnerable. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited that she got that gift at some point. Right. Well, and it it sounds like it's all divinely related. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's yep. there's um, something that I keep reading lately. Hmm, I wonder why. Um, about <laughs> you know when you when you ask for no fear, um, God doesn't take away your fear. He gives you challenges to move through it. Yep. And 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 there's there's a whole bunch of other things related to that that I've read, but I just think, you know, it's like your mom asked you to be open mm-hmm. and instead of taking away your guardedness, mm-hmm. you were given these experiences to be able to um to be more vulnerable. Mm. That just reminded me when you said this about asking God for certain things. Probably about, I'm a journaler as you mentioned, so mm-hmm. And every now and then I'll go back and reflect on my journals. Well, probably six months before my mom died, uh, I had written in my journal about, you know, God, I want to take my relationship with you to the next level. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then my mom dies. Oh. Now, that's exactly what happened yeah. as a result of her death. It definitely has strengthened that, but how incredibly um, 
divinely connected everything is. And you're right, when we ask for certain things, we do expect that it's going to be removed so we don't really have to deal with it. The reality <laughs> is we need to get ready hmm. for a confrontation. Yes. Whatever it is we're asking for. <laughs> Uh, so. And that's where the old adage, be careful what you wish for, comes mm-hmm. in, right? <laughs> yep, yep. But I wouldn't take it back. You know, everything has worked out the way it's intended. And, um, yeah, I'm in a really good space and am open to whatever is next in my life and my experience on this oh, journey. Wonderful. Well, that yeah. sounds perfect. That sounds absolutely <laughs> perfect. So we we just have a couple minutes left. It always goes so fast. I know. Um, I know. It's amazing. But I I just wanted to see um, if you could share how people might get in touch with you if they feel moved by your story, if they want to connect with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can be reached by email at Harris at gmail.com. That's D-R-M-E-K-E-L-H-A-R-R-I-S at gmail.com. Um, I can also be reached via phone, 213-615-7257, um, as well as Twitter. I have a Twitter handle, which is at uh, Dr. Mikkel, and I would love to be able to continue the dialogue regarding mm-hmm. vulnerability, mm-hmm. my story, or anything that resonated with you. That would be a pleasure for me. Great. Well, Thank you wonderful. for allowing that space. Absolutely. And before we totally wrap up, is there any other last-minute tidbits you want to share with our audience about your story and vulnerability? Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned in the very beginning, um, I am in the process of finalizing a memoir, and the title of of my memoir is Relaxing into the Pain, Mm. um, My Journey into Grief and Beyond. And I would encourage all of your listeners to, as difficult and counterintuitive as it may feel, to truly relax into whatever it is that you are frightened of. Um, Because as you do, it's in those dark and desperate moments that you will absolutely discover the essence of who you are. And it's a beautiful thing. As flawed as it is, as um, ugly as it may feel, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mikkel, for for sharing today on the jam sessions. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. I always feel so comfortable with you, and thank you for inviting me into this space. Um, I really hope that it blesses someone who is on the other end. Well, it blessed me, so (laughs) yay. I'm sure it will bless many others. So thank you so much, Mikkel. And thank you all for listening to the Get Out of Your Own Jam Way Jam session. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions with Creelan Peters. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and invite your friends to join us at www.creelan.com slash getoutofyourwayinterviews. That's www.krylyn.com slash getoutofyourwayinterviews. Thanks for tuning in.